Good Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. This Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to An Elegant Weapon, episode 77. My name is J.M. Clark. I am your host. I am the Jedi Ross. Please first excuse me while I light my spliff. Excuse me while I light my spliff. Oh, God, I got to uh, it's good to be back, kids. I took a week off there because Fan Expo just kicked the crap out of me. Thank you so much to anybody who listened or enjoyed uh, all the blogged goodness. It was a fantastic time. I can't even believe I was able to cram that many interviews in. But I really hope you kids enjoyed them because I had a fantastic time. Uh, as if you listened, you heard So uh, thanks again for the support and everybody checking that out. It's always a blast to put that together. You know, I love doing it for you guys. So uh, fun times. But here we are. We're back. Uh, We're in a celebratory mood tonight here on An Elegant Weapon. First of all, it's our pleasure to have here to celebrate with us tonight, all the way from Michigan, from Drunk on Comics himself. Here, we don't mind his nerdly nuggets. It's Derek. What's going on, brother? Really good to have you, man. I'm excited whenever you come around. So thanks for hanging out tonight. The reason that uh, Derek has come here tonight, and we thank him because this was kind of last minute we threw this together, but we were all very, very excited. A guest who's been with us before, um, a comic book that we've enjoyed and loved before and told you all to do the same. Hopefully you have, because enough of you have that the wonderful book that is Tart uh, Kickstarter funded wonderful news and uh joining us here tonight uh behind the book the man behind the book ladies and gentlemen mr kevin joseph kevin thank you for coming on oh absolutely great to be on and great to be on this week although we're anybody know if you can be dropped under the funded because we're just sitting right at that three thousand and thirty dollars and i'm just looking at it and i'm going okay this has been too good this is Everything's been too awesome. When when does the when does the whale swallow me? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's been so great. It's been so much better than I could have ever assumed that I'm waiting for the sh- the the, uh, the boot to drop. I guess. You know, I think you're one of the few people who are surprised because anybody who's laid eyes on any piece of this book before, um, as Derek can attest to, is uh, it it's fucking deserves every cent. Dude, I've had the biggest nerd boner off the, over this book for like the last week. Oh, the second I first, the first time I saw a picture of her, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> like, it's it's amazing. It's it's just right off the. It's one of those pictures. It's that style of art that bang, you 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 see it, and just as a print on its own, one page, you're like, "That's gorgeous." There's a whole book of this, and then you read the book, and to have as well exceptional writing in the book is just a rare thing, you know. Oh, it's been great. To, Ludo has his own style. He brings that whole European art school, not necessarily – definitely comic book. Definitely he knows how to, to tell a story in, in visuals, but it's it's its own European style, and that's been a lot of fun to sort of fit in with 
the comic books that it's near and sort of be its own little thing. And that's that's all Ludovic. That's that's what he brings. Oh, it's so original. Definitely. It's uh it's it's it elevates things a little, you know. Um I have to bring up right away the Drunk on Comics commission. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Derek, tell us about that. Us. Oh my god. Well, okay, so I was I I I was chatting with Kevin a little bit and stuff like that and then, you know, I didn't know how this how it was working if it was just kind of uh, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get or could, you know, so I asked Kevin, I'm like, hey, can I make a request? And, and he's like, well, yeah, you know, I can always send in a request. And so I'm like, all right, I want some kind of, you know, pinup looking. Like, and, uh, oh, hold on. Kev? Oh, now we just lost them, so I'm going to try again. Hey, Jay. Hey, there you are. I tried uh, getting going on my iPad, seeing if that'll work better. You... I do have headphones and was wearing them, but I, no. I think I have a crappy computer. You both sound exceptionally better than you did a minute ago, so okay, this is fantastic. <laughs> do, do you, do you want to fake it and start the whole fucking thing over, or what? No, oh, fuck <laughs> no. This just tests my fucking ninja-like fucking Jedi editing skills. That's all this does. Should we pretend it didn't happen or, or go with it? Totally we'll go with it because we'll, I'll keep a little in there for fun. As everybody knows, part, I'm, I'm a weirdo. A lot of people, they like they like to run their podcast smooth and get through it because then that means less editing for them or they just don't care and they kind of put it up raw. But just it's a hobby of mine. I love playing with this shit. Like I'm addicted to audacity. Like I just... I just <laughs> If I don't have a podcast to edit, I'll just fucking start throwing clips together and shit just for fun, you know? Do, so, do, for... do you know what we actually do for editing on ours? Uh-huh. We, uh, we, we, we put the music in at the, at the beginning and at the end. That's it. <laughs> I've actually always meant to ask you, what is that song? Uh, they put, well, there's, they there's put a the music in with a Walkman. They put the, the headphones on, on his microphone. <laughs> yeah. Then we start talking, turn it, turn the little dial on the side down, you know, um, there's, there's two bands that, that we use and I don't know the one song. Um, the, the one that's kind of like that piano type cool song that start intro. Yeah. That that's a, a, a friend of Tony's band or a, a band that Tony's friends with. The other band is called Domestic Problems, named after the band in the Blues Brothers. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. Nice. Yeah, because they're like totally like sax, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. They're uh, right, right here out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, same as me. That's cool. But, I, I've always dug that. It's a fucking, it totally fits you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so too. But all right, enough of this bullshit. Yeah, back to the commission. Uh, yeah, so you were fucking. So, yeah, I, I, I asked for like a pinup style and uh, and he's like, OK, you know, so kind of like the 50s thing, like what was going on and, you know, in the diner. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm more like the military, you know, 1940s pinup style. And he's like, well, OK, well, what do you want? I go, I don't care. That's it. Just let him run with it. And oh, my God, I saw the picture of it yesterday. About peed my pants. Yeah. Oh, fucking gorgeous. We're, our thing is, um, we don't want to overpromise anything with this because we have four days where we're actually going to be in the same country, much less same part of the country. So we we want to say, okay, we're going to try and we're going to guarantee to do these few things. And, but anything else, if anybody asks, we'll try. Yeah, I I was like, uh, that's why we're only doing ten commissions because Ludo wants to get them done before we get to New York Comic Con because um, of. If we happen to luck out and get 30 commissions, we'd be spending $1,000 in international shipping, and there would go our <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, anybody who has – we've had people who wanted um, – they wanted the, the, the Geek Fest number one, but they also wanted it sketched. I'm like, yeah, just pay like eight more dollars. Sure, yeah, we'll do it. We'll make it happen because we – yeah, I'm a I'm – a, card dealer i'm a bartender that's how i make my money so i mean i'm in the service industry i'm gonna try to get you what you want but i'm just i just don't want to i don't want to let anybody down by promising what i can't deliver you know what i mean oh yeah you got to put limits on yourself there's a lot of artists who got to that point one in particular was uh it's kind of sad but capullo had to just cap out 
because like Snyder's writing keeps him so like busy with his detailed work and he just can't take commissions he can't do sketches at cons he's just got no time you know right right you have to limit yourself if you want to put out quality sometimes and i'm also so ignorant of the art process that i don't know how much time any one basic request will take out of ludovic's time it might be an hour it might be nine hours and i and i'm literally ignorant so that's why if somebody asks i'm like i'll send the email (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If he says yes, you yeah. got it. If he I'll says no, those we're going to say out no. there. Yeah, yeah, we'll see where they land. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ask the girl to dance. Where she can say is no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least you give it a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You know what? There might be new listeners because, uh, you know, just like Stan Lee says, everybody com- everybody's comic is uh, – every comic is somebody's first, right? Yeah. So every pod may be somebody's first. So, uh, Kevin, why don't you actually uh, go through what the hell is Tart? Okay. Uh, Tart Tart is uh, – the, the lead character is Tart Acid. She uh, works with a group called the Toxic Fruit. They go throughout the time stream, and they don't – she at least uh, – I'll, I'll do a little hint. She at least never knows where she's going to be or, or even when in time she is when she wakes up. But she does know that somewhere around her, there's a demon who's just just effing something up in the time stream. And if she doesn't stop it, the history of the world could be fractured. So, you know, there's some there's some time travel stories where it is what it is, no matter what, kind of like the Terminator, like it all wrapped around and it all fed into itself. We go with the back to the future, man. Marty McFly goes back. He screws everything up. He doesn't get born. So she has to she has to Marty McFly the because uh, <laughs> I really want to in, in, intellect this conversation up. She Marty McFlies it. Doc, I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year 1985. Uh, that's that's fucking spectacular. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just don't mean to get into too much of the jargon, guys, but this the science background I have. <laughs> You've broken this down. You've got this yeah. all figured out. <laughs> the great thing about doing a time time travel book like that, and Ludo said it once. He goes, "You know, the great thing is if we screw anything up." We didn't screw it up. It's just something else happened that changed time. So <laughs> we completely we can do whatever we want. You're like, oh, yeah, of course Hitler was born in Scandinavia. <laughs> That's, there's always yeah that butterfly effect can be a yeah. bitch. <laughs> he he was tell one of the other toxic fruits did something. Well, you know, there's a difference though between a butterfly effect and a Mothra effect. <laughs> Uh, Derek, Derek, that's one thing you and I have both said on our shows is uh, we both have an affinity for time travel. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that's what's – I know you've been on – like your toe has been dipped a tad into the waters of Doctor Who as of recently. And that's going to be something that I think fucking helps pull you in, man. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly – timey-wimey stuff. Well, you know, I just, I like the idea of, you know, and, and I'm always confused by time travel, too, because I don't I don't know if there's necessarily one line, and if it breaks, everything's fucked up, or if you can kind of go off that line and then come back to it, or if once it splits, it's going out, like, you know, out of the end of a garden hose. Well, it's, it's different for every single time travel thing. I, I, I literally have – it is the Terminator versus, versus Back to the Future. But every, everyone can make their own decision on what it is. The easier one is Marty McFly. It, yeah. It's easier to go back and change things. It's tougher to put in the clues that wrap into itself, which is why I did the easy one, because I'm not that smart. <laughs> well, now, now, Kevin, I got a question for you. I mean, as a writer, do you continually read other things out there when you're in the process of writing, or do you try and stay away from things so that you have your own idea as fresh as you can? I continually read whatever I can that isn't, really within the same genre. Okay. Um, I had to put down, and it killed me, Jeff Smith's Razzle. 
because uh, I read the first six, you know, the first volume, and even though his isn't time travel, it's more dimensional travel. He was doing the same things, and uh, he's so good that it would be too easy for me to steal from him. So I, I'm not starting Doctor Who, even though I want to. That is my reward when I finish Tart. Nice. That is an excellent reward. <laughs> that, that is, but I'm a little concerned because didn't you tell me the other night that you're looking hopefully to do like 40, 50 issues maybe of Tart? <laughs> well, I'm... I'm I'll have a lot of Doctor Who to watch. Yeah, he'll watch the 30th Doctor. It's okay. I'm a little behind already. I mean, it, it started in the 60s, didn't it? I mean, I'm not too worried about six years, you know, being 36 years late or 42 years late. I mean, come on. Yeah, there, well, yeah, I mean, because actually I think this is the 50th anniversary this year. See, that's how much I know. The the Doctor Flu, the, the Doctor, the Doctor Flu. You can tell I've got a cold. Uh, the Doctor Who influence came from Ludo. He he, that came in his um, his series of stories that existed before I got on. Um, the Buffy Sandman feel that that I hope is in there because I just love them both so much. That probably the Sandman comes from me. The Buffy probably comes from both Holy Ludo and myself. Holy shit! That fucking like nails it, dude. Tart is totally that. Those two things in fucking one. <laughs> well, there, I have two writer gods, and I have a thousand writers that I love, but my two writer gods are Joss Whedon and Neil Gaiman. You know, so they just, yeah. they know, <laughs> once you see a cliche in their work, you know they're going to smack you in the face with it and, and come in a different level. There's They put the cliches out there, and then they come at it in a way that nobody has ever thought to do it. And that's what we, we hope to do. We hope to surprise you. We hope to tell you a story that doesn't end the way you expect it to once you start reading it. And Are you going to break my heart? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? That you're going to break my heart at the end of this fucking thing? <laughs> the way it needs to be told. Oh damn it! <laughs> oh, oh, you're play- you're toying with Derek's emotions. I'm gonna, you know? up, I'm gonna get a, end up getting weepy eyed, and I'm gonna cry, <laughs> and then I get snotty, and, and ah. nobody nobody likes that shit. So <laughs> maybe the last issue will come in a Kleenex box. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of funny you bring that up with Neil Gaiman, though. We were just talking about Doctor Who because he did an episode called the 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 Doctor's Wife. That's amazing. I want to see it. Incredible, and it's totally just how you explained it. Like it takes what you'd think and puts it on its head, and then all of a sudden you're like, "What? They're doing this?" Like I can't wait till like 2033 when I can watch that. (laughs) It's gonna be such a good year. I just started American Gods, but I'm only like a chapter in, so I don't know anything about it. But I'm I've never read anything of his but Sandman. Oh, you've never read anything, and you're going to American Gods. That's a that is a, a a hearty meal to get into, but once once you get going it's pretty good um i love the little essays have you gotten to any of the essays that kind of don't seem to have anything to do with the novel yet no i haven't had any of those yeah 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 yeah. married i'll I'll talk for two hours about neil gaiman if you let me because he's just (laughs) um i think he's doing new sand is it him doing the new i know there's new sandman but is it him doing it he's doing the story before issue one Wow. When uh, issue one, he's tired, and that's how they uh, catch him. And he's too weak from something. And it says it in issue one. Neil's finally going to explain what he was doing that taxed him so much that a human could catch him. And nobody knows what it is. Ooh. But the first two pages, I think it's I think it's P. Craig Russell, and that man knows how to draw Sandman. So I'm... Yes. Yeah, I'm a giddy little schoolgirl about that. I will read that. I'm not waiting on that. Sorry, yeah, Tart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some things just gotta take priority. Yeah. So, um, it's funny. I can't believe how much uh, talk because of how many people I know now that are actually going to be at New York Comic Con. It's uh, it's immense. So, you looking forward to it? I am. I. And yeah, it's, is, is there is it okay to be excited and as scared as humanly possible at the same time? Because we're kind of like, you know, like the, the little engine that maybe can't and we're going to go up there and we're going to be like, we can. F you guys, you know, we no. got this great. I, I know. I'm, look, don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be, you know, 
Greg Capullo is going to be there. Stan Lee is going to be there. And I'm going to be like, I don't want to stand at my table. I want to see Greg Capullo. I want to see Stan Lee, you know? Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah. You're not going alone, are you? Uh, no, it's Ludo's going to be there, which is right. the, one of the reasons why we're going is Ludo wanted to visit America for the first time, and he, he wanted to visit New York, Holy and fuck. I wanted to meet him. My wife and I met in New York when we lived there. It's the weekend of her birthday. It kind of was a confluence of events that were like, let's ask them, and if they say yes, let's let's just go, and, and they said yes, which is really really scary and awesome <laughs> you know it's just like yes yes we're gonna go to the big leagues and oh my god they throw the ball <laughs> so fast there <laughs> oh like think about how nervous you are and look what like like ludo's coming for the very first time to the country and you're gonna throw him inside new york comic con that's oh annoying. that's 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 amazing that's like okay here's I america <laughs> i mean he always says he's nervous about it but i don't know what that means you know, like anybody who wants to podcast with him, I ask, he's like, I can't. Yeah. Oh. And I, I everything on email. So I really don't know, but it's going to be fun. It's, yeah, I know. It's going to be a blast. It's about time you guys fucking met. Look what you've fucking made together, you know? I, I just, I really want to see that moment when you go, hey, Ludo, welcome to New York. Welcome to New York Comic Con. Here's 140,000 fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hope, hope you don't have to get up and pee today. <laughs> Help me watch 400 of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so many people. I was just, I just did a podcast before we we're chatting. And uh, there's a cosplayer that I was chatting with who's going to be there. And uh, also, I'm very excited for... Uh, I'll do a quick uh, plug-in here, if y'all don't mind, because it comes to mind. But uh, a good friend of the show and uh, mine, Anthony Rutgazer. He's got a comic coming out for Action Lab. Cool. And, <clears throat> yeah, there's an Indiegogo for it right now. Just go to uh, Indiegogo and look up The First Hero. And uh, you can check that out and see what uh, goodies they have to offer. But it's a fantastic concept, and the art is amazing. And uh, he's going to be there at the Action Labs table at New York Comic Con. Oh, cool. I'll definitely yeah, go over. Yeah, so there. swing by there. He's a very large black man. All right. Uh, you know, he's probably insulting somebody. I think I heard the show where he was talking about insult, like playing the heel. I think I heard that. that yeah, well, uh, he's, his other side of his life is he's a, well, he's a strip club DJ. He's a comic creator. He's a, a published writer. He is a uh, comic enthusiast. He is also a professional wrestler. Okay. And uh, he has a whole the union of independent wrestlers. He has a union, and he puts on shows in Toronto at Legions and stuff. And uh, he's been doing it for decades, and it's fucking awesome. Wow. Yeah, so yes. I'm really – because he's been trying to break into comics for so long, and he's tried – you know, he's worked at it for so long, so hard, and uh, I've seen his struggles, and he so deserves all the good things that are happening to him. So people, go check that shit out, and if you like it, toss him a few cents and support no. – Support Canadian comic books, you know. Please, please support crowdfunding. It makes it makes the creators so happy. I, I you know, it's so you, it's, you're so thankful for the when somebody puts a dollar. I've had somebody apologize. Like, I'm sorry, I gave you six dollars. I'm like, what? what? No, <laughs> you, you don't ever apologize to. A, I don't think you ever apologize to a comic creator about buying their book, but not buying enough of it. You know, <laughs> yes, read the book. Yeah, great. You know, if you might win the lottery next week, yeah. and if you do, come back. <laughs> you know, yeah. please. Give me one dollar, two dollars. <laughs> What's that? Give me seven dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Every everyone adds up. Eighty-seven people put us across our goal. You know, eighty only eighty-seven people got together and said here here's three thousand dollars make your book and that is like it's such an amazing feeling but we're that's our floor and now we want to go more <laughs> nice. now we're gonna go all greedy and be like all right what can we give these people to make it better what how can we stretch this out and make it a a more successful uh, book well kevin here's here's one thing that i've been telling everybody for the last week is that not only is this book just fucking phenomenal and everybody really does need to read it the the rewards that you have for the the levels that they're at are ridiculous they're so good i mean like, oh, cool i feel like we are ripping you off 
Like they're they're that good. <laughs> and, and, um, and being a cheap guy, like kind of cheap at least, you know, and not ridiculously wealthy by any means. Right. I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know? I, I'm okay with that too. I would so much rather somebody come to me and say, I was, I was really happy when I saw that. I, I thought I'd pay more than, you know, you guys really needed to ease it back. This amount for that was, was, was too much. And like our PDFs, we kind of went with a $2, a comic for our PDF. And I know some people charge like five for their first tier and that's, I'm not going to judge anybody else. I, I get, okay. I'm, so I'm judging these other people and I don't mean to, but I feel like, Two dollars is enough if I'm emailing you something to download for for each each book. I think two dollars is enough. You know, I mean, I'm emailing it to you because I want you to fall in love with it and buy more. I'm just like a the drug dealer that's trying to give you the first pills. For free. <laughs> I'm not doing this out of any goodness or morality. Uh, why don't you tell? Uh, go ahead and tell people what are some of the rewards you got there. Well, we, we've got, you know, the first rewards are, are all digital. $2, if you want to just kind of, you know, dip your toe in, you, $2, I will email you a URL so you can um, check out kind of a secret uh, website that kind of is live, but no one would be able to find it yet. Um, and you can read all of issue one. Um, $6 gets you issues one, two, and three, which is the actual book that we're kickstarting is the trade paperback for issues one, two, and three. There is one that I'm actually shocked hasn't been more. I, I'm a terrible, terrible artist. I cannot draw at all. So I put in one for 15 bucks. If you want the digital comics, you can make me draw you tart. And <laughs> you are going to get no value except for the excruciating humil humiliation of me sending this out. I'm getting you that know, one. I, I I'm didn't look it. at that. <laughs> You're, I mean, I'm getting better with each one I do, and they are still so awful. They're still – so what I did was I've got another comic book, which is more of a joke comic book. It's it's called Under Wars, and it's uh, animals that are put in tighty-whitey underwear, underwear, and they immediately can talk, and most of them <laughs> pretty much psychologically unstable. So our, our lead is our monkey Baxter. So I've started drawing Baxter on him because he's more cartoony. I can do him a little better. And I have Baxter making fun of the drawing that I just did because the eyes look so demented and, and, the, and the nose looks more like a pig's nose than a human's nose. And what are you doing with those glasses? <laughs> but I, I want to do about 100 of them so that the 100 one can still be pretty bad. Um, I'm going to get that, and oh, then, right. then uh, an Elegant Weapons Commission is going to go up against Drunk on Comics Commission. Uh, I would I, I, <laughs> I would love that. I, I tell you what, you just get the commission tier and put five bucks extra on it, and I will draw you oh, a come terrible, on. <laughs> terrible rendition of Tart. It'll be awful. It, it will make your head spin uh, out. And here's oh, the no. thing. I will try to make it good. <laughs> that's you have to try come on i am I'm, there's no there's no you know light boxing there's no copying i am drawing each one from reference of the cover and they're they're all pretty bad that's well, Kevin, here, that, if you want real art the the one that i think is the best is the chibi uh ludo does these cartoon anime chibis and for 40 dollars you can get one um, for your Facebook or Twitter um, avatar, and they're so cool. I don't know. I mean, I think people should jump on that. To be honest. Yeah, that's a cool idea. That's uh, is that what I'm looking at? That's on your Skype thing here. Uh, no, that's not. Uh, my my Facebook account is that. Uh, okay. I actually tweeted out a couple of the chibis today. There's a guy in like a race car outfit. So I'll I'll tweet that picture to you. Yeah, I'll check that out. We'll tie and tweet that for sure. Yeah, that that to me on I, you, it's forty dollars. You get your own chibi and you get a paperback. And I think, to be honest, that's the steal because it's something you would have that nobody else has, and it's yeah. all original. It's you, so it's it's totally original. It's from your photo. I I gotta admit though, I I still for seventy dollars for a full color commission. Yeah. Regardless of the book, regardless of the PDFs, 
that is the steal of a lifetime right there. I mean, for, you're talking to somebody who collects original art. I, I couldn't say no. Yeah. I, I hope that I I hope that it's kind of like uh whatchamacallit with the Campbell soup cans. Um they sold for fifty bucks when it came out. You know, I hope that somebody can get a steal and I hope they can eBay it for five hundred bucks in three years. I'm never getting rid of mine, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that that our our goal is to get you something that that you want to hold on to for your whole life, but you know, that raises in value and you can feel like, all right, this makes my collection. Because I'm a comic collector too, you know. I started in the 90s where I thought I was going to retire on my Spider-Man <laughs> 300s and Excalibur number ones and, you know. Yes. So, you know. I, you I and everyone else. <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah, I, I ride the crest of a wave. I'm not usually on the front of it, unfortunately. Yeah, I was in there, too. I was I was buying those exact books. So. But here's the thing, and I think it was New England Comics, because I, I really loved the tick, so I'd always order the tick from them. Um, New England Comics, they said, buy comics to read them and then collect. So I read them all, so I got my money's worth, even though, you know, I paid more for them than I can sell them 20 years later. I, I got my money's worth, so I'm happy. That's been our theory on collecting forever. You buy what you love. Yeah. You know, and, and if, it, if it goes up in value, great. Yeah. If it, yeah. if it doesn't, you still got your money out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I had no call. I, I, I didn't think to myself when I bought uh, Highlander, the, the Highlander, the comic book number one, that I was going to, you know, cash in on that one day. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I am I thought... starting to have hopes about my police academy number one, though. <laughs> that, that's only because we raised the value on our podcast talking about it. Exactly. Word yeah. of mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get that signed by Steve Goomberg, man. Come on. If it doesn't have his sign, it didn't happen. I, I got I to gotta say, though, about going back to the Kickstarter, the, the one, Kevin, I talked to you on the phone about it going back and forth. I could not decide. It wasn't about the money. But you've got the one for fifty bucks that you get four twenty-four ounce fucking Pilsner glasses with the Tart logo on it. Yeah, Th- sweet. Those are the coolest <laughs> marketing plan that were the worst investment <laughs> ever. Uh, they are great glasses, and I I love them. And I you know, and it, it's I'm not complaining, but I got like a hundred of them still. <laughs> and it's like, hey, Dad, happy birthday! Another Tart glass. <laughs> So well, what I did, I, I packaged them, um, the $50, really, you know, you talk about a steal, that, all that does is pay me back and the shipping. There's really no quote-unquote profit to that. So if you want the, the glasses, I'd love for somebody to have them. Uh, it is a, that is a really good value because those did not come cheap. And they're nice glasses. But They, they look great. The glasses are here in South Florida. I can get you the glasses at any time. So I don't want to dissuade anyone from buying them because please, God, buy <laughs> these glasses. Um, but get the art first because this is a chance to get it where you don't have to pay probably $100 with insurance to get it from France. That's my thing. You pay $70. He'd probably sell it to you for 70 after the Kickstarter, but you'd pay 100 bucks getting it to your house. Oh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's two things, sorry, that have come to mind, and uh, my potted head will forget if I don't bring them up immediately. Do it to it. And uh, number one, Derek, uh, there was a booth at Fan Expo, and it was nothing but different glasses and of different sizes for different beers and different shapes and different everything with all different, like, you know, nerd geek logos on them. Awesome. So it was all like comic book logos and like little caricatures of this or the, whatever you'd see at a, at a con, right? But it was like, you know, pint glasses and like they had like Das Boot. You get with a big like Batman symbol on it and shit. You know, so uh, – and uh, I've already forgotten the other thing I was going to say. So we'll just well, go the, with that. The other one. thing, Kevin, I'll tell you based on our own personal experience for – Things that were really awesome but not easy to get rid of. Uh-huh. We, we had growlers with our logo on them. What? Growlers. What's a growler? Wait a second. A, a growler is, yeah, it's a 64-ounce jug that you go to like a craft brewery. Oh, and they, yeah, okay. Yeah. that Not the easiest thing to get rid of, but really fucking awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you this. You would get drunk on comics with those. <laughs> Where could you get – could you get yours refilled anywhere though? 
Oh yeah, you could you, you know you could take it someplace if it was you know properly cleaned and go and get it filled. Oh yeah, cool. I mean it's it's a legit full on growler. Um, we just had our logos printed on. We only had, I think we only got like eight or eight or twelve of them to start. And oh, that uh, is a good idea. They were awesome. We don't have any of them for ourselves because they were just a little too expensive, but we were able yeah. to. Well, we sold some and then we gave some away kind of as our, our quote-unquote drunky awards. Oh, sweet. To, you know, to people that, that we really enjoyed and that, um, you know, have kind of helped us out too that, you know, have been great artists and great people to talk to and helped spread the word about us, you know. So yeah. they're, they're like the guys from, um, oh, let's see, the, the guys from Fanboys vs. Zombies. They they got one, and I think Ryan Stegman got the other one. <laughs> oh, Stegman. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, my, my choice was, my, my low choice was 144 to get the glasses, and I uh, I pulled the trigger. And I'm I'm not upset I did. I, it's They're cool to have. They really are. And I put them up on, when I do a con, I put them up on the table, and they get attention. Um, so I'm, I'm not upset about it. It's just, you know. It's a nice piece to have, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I figure if we can keep going and we can tell our our forty forty some issue comic, I I bet eventually they're gonna be you know sought after because I doubt I'm gonna purchase another set of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> get them get them while they're hot. Nice. I, I'm thinking if we can convince you to come to Michigan, you know, maybe for Motor City next May. I that, I that think if be... I get up there, you might get some glasses. I don't think we might have to worry about money when it comes to that. If if I can get up there, I well, I think I can say that. And and I think we could probably help sell them at our booth. <laughs> <laughs> be careful! You're gonna get ten ten cases of a dozen glasses. <laughs> you can't even see them for the glasses. <laughs> That's all right. We we can't see through our beer goggles anyway. So what the fuck? You know? <laughs> oh, that's that's fucking sweet. Um, there's one thing I'm going to go a little off topic from Tart for one moment because I sure. want to take advantage of uh, asking Derek about something I've been wanting to ask you about. All right. Fan Expo this year, absolutely no Marvel or DC floor pr- presence. Zero. Zero. You know, I, I heard, though, that DC is not going to also, like, DC is not going to have um, a regular presence at New York either. Really? Is there any reasoning you've heard behind this? or Well, travel. They'd have to go two blocks. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, I mean, how are you going to get bike carriers to carry yeah. all your shit down there? Yeah, it was just really weird to me because normally they do have such a presence. So I didn't know if it extended beyond Fan Expo or if it was a Canadian snub. I, you know, so because it was really weird. I've been going for 10 years and every year they've had a huge big thing going on. And then they're just not there. I would have expected DC to be there considering the fact that the JLA has now become the JLA. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, they did have a presence as far as like they had writers there and staff and they did panels. They had a couple panels and stuff. But just as far as a floor presence, they had no booth or setup or anything. Yeah, I I don't really know on that. Um, You know, I'm just always curious to see what what publishers do. But there's there's a huge expense for publishers to go. And that's one of those things with me having an advertising background in, in my real life. You, it's it's one of the hardest things to track when it comes to advertising. Does your branding actually bring in more money? And you know that you can always say, well, obviously it does because everybody knows who Coca Cola and McDonald's are, and they advertise all the fucking time. But then you know, there's that word of mouth. What do you do? Do you put more money into this? Do you advertise this particular book instead? So I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tough call and. and if it was me, I'd be all about the branding. But then again, I'm not running DC or Marvel yet. Yeah, it made for a weird <laughs> feel. You know what I mean? Like, because whenever you go, there's the two. There, every year they're the two mightiest booths, right? Yeah. So it was just their their lack of presence. It was weird because uh, Dark Horse like took over the floor. Like Dark Horse had a big, amazing setup and. Uh, but uh, you know, well, I don't d- know. Down here at MegaCon, which is in the the real big one in Orlando, um, they there was there was no official Marvel or DC. Now they they had, uh, let me. Ch- I mean, Chris Claremont was there. Um, you know, they they had major Jimmy Palmiotti was there. They had major artists, but they didn't have a a Marvel or DC. But it's just 
I don't understand why they wouldn't do something on on the eastern seaboard. I mean, that's what is it a three hour flight to Toronto? I, mean, I don't know. Well, I'm sure there's a Marvel or DC Canada. Like they, I, they like at least a little office branch somewhere <laughs> where I don't know. I just most most American big companies have some sort of you know presence, and even if it's just like a a floor on an office building, you know what I mean? Yeah, Alpha Flight should give them a, a, a room. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, so, you know, the thing is, is uh, well, as far as a flight, I don't even think it's a three-hour flight. I'm guessing New York to Toronto might be less than a five-hour drive. Um, you know, I mean, it's it New York that, City but... to Toronto City, I think, is about eight or nine hours. Is it really? Yeah, because Michigan's four or five. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's and this is not just like New York's only actually forty five minutes from me. And when you cross the border, you're in Buffalo, right? Yeah. So it's a matter of driving pretty much all the way through New York State, which well, you know takes takes a few hours. So that's that's not a terrible drive, though. I mean, it, well, it's it, only twenty four from here to Florida. You can do Florida like with sleeping for one night. You can do it in two days. In so I'll see you. I'll see you on uh, what Sunday. You nice. come down. Oh, I, wish, <laughs> I wish I could just tear myself away from my. I'll family. take you to Tate's Comics, <laughs> dude. You realize Drunk on Comics is coming down for spring break next year now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I might okay. go visit. I might go visit my grandma in St. Petersburg this uh, this winter. You know what? That's that's almost as far away as Toronto for me. Florida is a long <laughs> state. Nice. Petersburg is five five in five hours. Four and a half hours, probably. Wow, the state's yep. that long, too. To be honest, I got confused. I thought you were meaning St. Augustine just because you said grandma, and they're like 112 there is like the, the young rockers. But um, <laughs> yeah, St. Petersburg, Tampa, four and a half, five hours. Well, uh-huh. we've always referred to Florida as God's waiting room. So, you know. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, As a Floridian my whole life, I've heard much worse. I'll deal with that. That's fine. Florida is where Canadians go to die. Yeah, <laughs> only, only during winter. You guys take off. You guys yeah, take we, off. Yeah, well, the thing is, they have to come back every six months, or they lose their health benefits. Okay. That's <laughs> why they don't just stay. When it, when they, that's why we have snowbirds. The reason they come back, they have to go. They can go for six months, but they have to come back for a certain amount of time. Just go yeah, for six thing. months to live, and they come down to here to die, and then they go up to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a really twisted cycle. It really is. It's the same thing with people in Michigan. They go down to Florida. They go to Arizona. But they have to come back here because their taxes are cheaper, but their license plates are cheaper in the other states. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, you got to work out, you know, how it's going to be. But, <laughs> yeah, no. I, although I'm, I'm going to call it out right now. I've already brought up the Motor City thing in May because that's kind of where we know that our, our next big appearance is going to be, uh, it, you know, as far as 2014. I, I'm saying that an elegant weapon and Tart should both be there, too. And then we all sit around and drink beer and, uh, and, and you know, hang out at the con all, all weekend long. I have no excuse to say no. I have a passport, I have a car, and it's only five hours away. All right, Kevin? I have no excuse that I've come up with in the 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want... I, I have a whole big 64-ounce Drunk on Comics growler full of want to. Perfect. Um, and I would love to make it happen. I just don't want to make any commitments that I can't guarantee I can. You do have quite a few things to. on the go at the moment. But yeah, and it's just I work I work weekends and I work part time, and getting re- you know getting requests off for flights is not. It's it's like yeah, we'll tell you two weeks before. Don't buy your air, airplane tickets. Well, yeah, 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 I got my flight to New York. I certainly hope they say yes. Because <laughs> if they don't, I, New York, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck, I gotta go to New York. It's crazy that I don't, because it's so close too. You know. No, I'm, I'm excited for that con. I just, I, I'm, I'm excited for the con as a, as a comic book enthusiast, and and also as we're really gonna be able to show a lot of people. What are you into personally, reading? I, uh, right, right now I'm, I'm into the, the image books that are really. You know, it's almost too cliche to say saga, but it's it's a really no, it's good not. book. Not uh, cliche at all. Yeah, no, I, not I, cliche at all. I dug Happy a lot because it was not at all what I could have ever envisioned happening in a book. Uh, I really dug Happy because it was just like, all right, f you, this is the story I'm telling, 
and and I dug that. Uh, I'm more of a vertigo and a catch up on trade paperbacks time in my life because I've found that I'm not I'm buying these comic books and they're sitting in a pile because I'm so busy with something else. And then my friend got me into Game of Thrones, which just really absorbed my whole life. About <laughs> nice. <laughs> the first three books. I've got the fourth book sitting on my table, and that is started on the plane ride home from New York because I cannot give it the time it deserves during a Kickstarter and the con. You know, and I mean, it's like a relationship with those books. <laughs> like, honey, honey, I can't, I can't. I, I love you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be back in a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to separate sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, the last couple of years I've read um, most of Fables, caught up on Fables, uh, Redbone, which blew my world into so many different directions. Because that that it's the only comic book that has, and I actually got to tell this to Neil Gaiman, it's the only book that has gone up with Sandman to me as Bone. And they're as different as they could be, but they're just pure bril- brilliance, both of them. Nice. So, yeah, I, I catch up catch up on the old goodies. As Where'd you I meet like. him at? He he was doing the Ocean at the End of the, the World tour, and we got lucky, and for the first time ever, he came to Miami. So uh, I went down and did the sign- signing, brought, you know... I got one of the Angela variants of the Age of Ultron because I just happened to see it at Tate's, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to see Neil in two days." There you go. Um, and uh, I had the bone shirt on, so he goes, "Hey, nice shirt." And I was like, "You know, you're you're just talking to Neil Gaiman. I got seventy-two thousand things I want to say." And I, <laughs> I and I was just like, "But I, I know you're not going to read it, but I just want you to know it exists." And you know, and he, and he was he, he's just like the coolest dude. He goes, "Did did you write it?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he just. Sh- put his hand out to shake my hand and I was just like all right <laughs> cuz I know he gets he probably gets what a thousand books a year that people are like I love you so read this so I don't expect it to be read but just he knows it's out there yeah. and that makes me happy now now Kevin we we're talking about what you read what was the book that pulled you into comics because I mean I I know that Jay and I've talked about this before X-Men 194 when Nimrod attacks um, uh, Juggernaut is at a bank and the X-Men are kind of just watching him. He's not really up to any bad, but they're watching him and Nimrod decides to attack him and Rogue used Colossus and Nightcrawler's power once they got knocked out of the fight and I was just like this shit is for me. (laughs) That that was issue 190 what? 194? Four. It's Nimrod. Yeah. It's got Rogue on the cover, but she's black like Nightcrawler, and she's got Colossus's arms. Yep. And I just Claremont yeah. grabbed me and said, "Kevin Joseph, I wrote this book for you." And I was I was hooked. See, that's was, funny because I was only a couple years behind you. It was Uncanny Two Thirteen. Oh, the oh, Saber Wolverine fight. Yep. The first yep. issue where Psylocke joins the team. That was my book. Now, I think the 194 was older, so probably, yeah, the the Fall of the Mutants was when when I grabbed and started buying new was Fall of the Mutants. So we were probably time-wise about the same thing, but that that Nimrod story was was the one. Yeah, because that was was the the first book after the Mutant Massacre, Mm -hmm. which is where I got hooked in. Okay. Nice. Did yeah, I give I met, you a, sorry. At, um, I'm sorry. I met Claremont at MegaCon, so I was able to shake his hand too. So, oh God! Uh, two yeah. of my comic gods I've I've gotten to meet, which is you know, That's a there's a lot more though. It won't be the quest is not fulfilled until I get to meet Alan Moore, which pretty much means the quest will never be fulfilled, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you kind of got to go crazy psycho to make like that kind of thing happen. Well, you know, you know, one of the coolest things, though, is that at some point, Kevin, you're going to be listening to a podcast or watching TV or when they, like, beam the, the, the shit right into our brain. And somebody's going to go, yeah, I read Tart Volume 1, and that's what got me into comics. Oh, and I hope wow. at that point I decided <laughs> to become a wizard and, like, everyone's afraid of me. I, I hope so. That would be great. Drinking my own <laughs> urine. That is the goal. <laughs> now, Derek, did I give you a specific issue? Um, I don't know if you did. Cause what I think what I said was, cause uh, I didn't have a specific issue, was that uh, 
It was I got into comics, pulled in about eleven or twelve issues before McFarlane took over. Oh, on on Spider Man. On Spider Man. Or... On Spider Man. Okay. And uh, that got me in, and then I tried X Men, and then I got into X Men, and that was that's what I collected was X Men and Spider Man when I first like was like twelve or thirteen, and start started like really getting into comics. So I was just curious if I had actually been able to pull a number out of my ass because I couldn't think of one. <laughs> no, not yet. You haven't. Although I do have, um, oh god, it, it's the spectacular. It, no, I'm sorry. It, like the what was the Peter Parker Spider-Man title? The spect- um, is it spectacular? Yeah, Parker? wasn't it Peter was- Parker is the spectacular Spider-Man? Well, yes, yeah, because on. the other one was Web of Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think oh, one of them said Peter Parker is like before it or something, you know. Hold, hold on, we have Sidecar Jim here uh, sitting in lo- looking at me, which he can't hear what I'm saying. But but Jim, what was the Peter Parker title? Well, are we talking like '80s, '90s Spider-Man? Like yes, Frank- there, you, had, you had Web, Spectacular, Neighborhood, Friendly Neighborhood. What's the one that had Peter Parker? Yeah, Peter, in the just Peter Parker Spider-Man. Okay, apparently it's just Peter Parker Spider-Man, which yeah. uh, huh. which I think was. Um, Issue 26 and 27, I could be wrong, where Frank Miller was doing it. it was the first time that he drew Daredevil. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, that, that's one of the few early Spider-Mans that I have from back in that day. Because, you know, I Dude, mean, Daredevil... if you could get Frank Miller to sign that, that would be serious. His yeah, first well, Daredevil, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I Actually, I came across in like the dollar or two dollar bin... A whole bunch of old Daredevils, because uh, Kevin, we haven't talked too much, but I collect Daredevil, I collect X-Men. Those are my two big ones. And I had an earlier issue of uh, of Daredevil with, from Frank Miller, and it had Elektra in it. It was before she got killed off. And on the inside, on the first page at the bottom of it, Frank Miller had signed it. Pulled it out of like a $2 bin. Fucking wow. insane. Fucking yeah. insane. Sold it for 80 bucks too. I'm like, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why not? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I, it's funny to me to hear you say you collect Daredevil. Why? I don't, I don't think collects the appropriate word. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you, was he horror Daredevil? Or? Yeah, he, he engulfs himself in Daredevil. Well, I had, I had a, a very naive theory of how you became a comic book writer, and uh, I had a Daredevil story, and I was like, I'll just write it, and I'll send it to Marvel. <laughs> so I went out and bought about 50 issues of Daredevil and wrote a couple pages, and I was like, they, they're not going to open this letter. <laughs> you know, nice. so nice. maybe maybe someday I'll, I'll be able to tell my Daredevil story. I still believe it's a cool one. But, you guys must have, it must have been the same for you that you got comics kind of all growing up. You'd get your hands on comics from here or there or somewhere. Like in a stocking or, you know, on a trip, would you, like, when you were like five or six, would you pick up like a random comic because you knew you were going on a long car ride? I, on a trip, yes, but never in a stocking. Like, I never got comics as a gift. I, it was always like that, that I had a dollar and I, I could go someplace and, oh my God, they have a comic book and I'm going to yeah. buy it. Well, I remember when it changed because when we were little kids, they'd just get Superman comics and just it would be, there'd be a comic wrapped around candy in your stocking. And then I remember getting to the age where they did it one year, and I was like, don't do this. Don't fold them up like this. Don't put them in the stuff. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're turning yeah. into me. Yeah. yeah, I was like, no, <clears throat> no more of this. Excuse See, me. it's, it's kind of hard because I've really kind of had an awesome time with my, my daughter's turning five in October, and I found some of my old, like, I, I think it's Walt Simonson Avengers. I'm not sure. Um, like the 300 areas when like Reed Richards was on that team with Sue for a couple issues. And, uh, and my daughter got really into them and st- we started reading them at, at breakfast. And so I'm seeing these comics getting milk on them and getting torn up. And, but I'm like, but my four year old daughter is reading the Avengers. She knows who Gilgamesh is. And I guarantee <laughs> you, if I go to, when I go to New York comic con, I'm going to, I can ask those 140,000 people who Gilgamesh is, 10,000 would know, but my four-year-old does. So I've been kind of cool that those are getting destroyed because they're they're getting destroyed in her head. So that's been you awesome. Know, here, 
here's the great thing, Kevin, is I can guarantee because the, uh, like you have somebody that loves comics at an early age. At some point, your daughter, she's going to fall out of love with comics. Maybe not totally, but it's not going to be as important. And then later on in adult life, something's going to trigger and she's going to go back to it. And then she's going to have to go to a convention or a really great shop and start mm-hmm. searching for these comics that she grew up with and loved and that are such a key integral part of her childhood that she yeah. wants to have that back. And that's, yeah. that's one of the best things about comics that there is. Yeah. it's uh, My kid, he's, he's about to turn three in November. And uh, first year was Cars, like mm-hmm. the movie Cars and Cars and Trucks and Obsessed, which he still likes, but the big phase. Then Dinosaurs. You know, he was a dinosaur for a year, and it finally hit. He's almost three, and he's finally singing Pieter Man, Pieter Man. <laughs> and he's finally discovered – I got him this little, like, toddler toy Batmobile with this little Batman that goes inside. And he just loves it, and he reads my Superman comics, and he loves the Superman, and it's just I'm so happy he's finally got to this point. <laughs> oh, you'd, you'd be so happy with us. We've we've gone on to we're on to Star Wars. So now, yeah, I tell her about Star Wars on the way to school. The next day, if I finish, we do Empire. If we finish, we do Return of the Jedi, and then we just start over. And it's <laughs> you know, it's just tell me about Star Wars. Tell me about Empire. Yeah. It's great. That's good lessons. It's I'm going to really lessons. confuse her though because I. We've got to make it easy. Uh, she calls them Star Wars one, two, and three, so she's gonna be really confused when the Phantom Menace gets involved. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting into that yet. The original trilogy, she's getting for her birthday, and she can deal with the Phantom Menace when she's like seven or eight, and I can explain. All right, this is what a prequel is because Monsters yeah. University was tough. <laughs> it was well, tough. No, no, no. Uh, here's here, here's the whole deal, though. She's not allowed to watch Phantom Menace until she's old enough to truly hate Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's the rule when it comes to Star Wars shit. Well, my kid just saw his first movie with his grandpa. Like, first movie ever. He went with his grandpa, and it was Planes. And he sat through the whole thing, and he was memorized, and he loved it. And I was pissed because I wanted to take him to his first movie. But whatever, he's got a good memory with grandpa. <laughs> So, uh, you know, uh, he kind of used to watch the Clone Wars, you know, the, the cartoon. that was In the beginning, that was totally geared toward kids, but then it got pretty adult by the end. Okay, well, that was, um, we, had, we had to wind her down from those technical difficulties. But uh, while I got these two here, let me say thank you very much for hanging out, guys. Anytime at all. I had so much fun, guys. You have a great night. Yeah, uh, check out Tart. Where can they find it's? It's just Kickstarter. They can just put in Tart. Tart invades New York Comic Con or Tart Volume One Adrift, um, or they can just go to my Twitter at uh, b n o k j, and I will annoy the hell out of them with Kickstarter uh, tweets. <laughs> so yeah. if they want to go to b n o k j, I'll get them to the Kickstarter. <laughs> All right, look out for that, kids, and of course. Uh, Go to drunkoncomics.com for what I consider to be the premier uh, podcast about comic books on the internet. Uh, Derek, thank you so much for hanging out, dude. Jay, always a pleasure, man. Like I, I love talking to you. I love hanging out with you. Kevin, thank you so much. I'm glad I could be a part of the Kickstarter, man. Like I, I can't thank you enough for uh, doing no, what thank- you do. Thank, thank you, and thank everybody that's been on it, and thank everybody who's uh, tweeted for us and and helped make it the success it is so far. And we're gonna try to do just a little. <laughs> is that literally crickets I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I, I just lost him too. Uh, uh, do you hear crickets literally? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, there might be. I got headphones on, but. <laughs> Oh, that's just hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, so oh, there you, are. You there I'm back. <laughs> this is fucking fantastic. Oh, we keep jumping out of space, time, and dimension. Tr- yeah. Try editing this together, Jedi. You're gonna use. Uh, you're gonna need the 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 light side, the dark side, the Sith. You need everything to get this thing edited together. Maybe I'll leave this up as the first ever raw episode of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, drunkoncomics.com, Tart at the Kickstarter. Everybody, check that shit out. Uh, Thanks for listening. We love you all. Take it easy, and we'll see you next time on An Elegant Weapon. Good night. Peace, brother. Good night.
Technique doesn't get you 18 medals and a Christy Yamaguchi Lifetime Achievement Award. I am figure skating.